0: So, uh, Mumba, a lot of uh, Ugandans, they'll be wondering, yes, they know you are the big man. Eh? You know, there's a friend of mine, you know, the, I, I like this session. There's a friend of mine who said uh, the, the commonest phrase, he said that when people come to the office, they ask, uh, is the big man there? So I am sure when they come to your office, they ask, is the big man there? Since you are the big man at... Absolutely, that's what we know. But the question that people want to know is, who is Mumba, the man, the person? Who, how did you get here? What What did the journey look like? You know, just three four minutes. You tell us so that people can connect and.
1: In background: I was born in the southern part of Zambia, although yep. we hail ethnically from the northern part of Zambia. Mm-hmm. um my parents were both zambians i was born of uh, you know my father who is professor patrick Kalifungwa. Uh, he's an academician businessman marketer uh, my mother is a lawyer by profession They work together running a family uh, private business there uh, uh-huh. by virtue of uh, i'm the first born in a family of four we have uh, three men and uh, one lady Okay. Uh, obviously a family man, uh, I, I can't do injustice not to recognize my wife, Nisa, who I've been married to for over 20 years, we are blessed with four children, uh-huh. I did the opposite of what my parents did, I have three uh-huh. daughters and a son, yeah. yeah, so my two eldest daughters, one is finishing uni this year, the other one next year, and then we have one in high school, one uh-huh. in primary school, Mm. So, at a very high level, at a personal level, that is uh, who Mumba Kalifunga is. Yes, uh, as a person, as a family man, as a, a community member.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Um, just to so so obviously you have had a very interesting journey, and the 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 post you made when you were announcing that you were going to be with us this evening, you said everyone needs a mentor in their journey and this journey of yours you know i was reading in your bio that you know you, you sort of started off in an audit firm i think it was and then you wound up in government then from government you wound up in the bank interesting twists and turns how did career choice feature in your judgement and your journey and who are the people who 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 sort of held your hand along the way and what did they teach you
1: Sure. Okay, so so Robert, um, the way I'd like to tackle that question is like this, right? Yes. So in my intro, I, I did mention to you that I come from a background of uh, you know business, uh, academics, and all that. Yes. And um, which is a very rare yeah, combination, I... by the way. Very very rare. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. So so the interesting thing is this. Mm. So the starting point is. Uh, you know, some 31 odd years ago or so, mm. my father retired at the age of 40. He did what? And said that uh, he retired at 40. <laughs> at the age of 40, he retired. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, story, the story for his retirement was very interesting. And I was just finishing high school mm-hmm. at the time. Mm. So he used to work for an yeah. international firm called uh, Unilever. So at that point, they wanted to post yeah. him to to, to to Zimbabwe to go and take up uh, some senior executive yeah. role. So at the time, he didn't own a house, right? Yeah. Uh, so we were living in a company house yeah. and the like. And as you recall, I don't know if the same was the practice. In the 80s, 70s, it was rare for people to think about yeah, yeah. owning the like, right? Yeah. So at that point, he yeah, had too. a conversation with his boss, and he shared it with us because he had to make some tough decisions at the time. So when he shared that conversation with his boss to say, look, I'll go to Zimbabwe, come back after three years on condition that you sell me the company house. And uh, his boss, obviously, at Uh that point, uh, the response was negative. He says, no, it is against company policy to sell company houses to employees. So, yeah, just very abruptly, I don't know if you're planning it, but that's the story that we lived with him for years. And that's what we believed. He made a, a call to say, look, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm at a point of inflection. And uh, there used to be an Im- ambition. There was a time in the 80s when having a million quacha was almost, uh, you know, close to having a million dollars or so uh, when the currency was pretty strong. right? Wow. So so they had a saying to say that if you haven't yes. made your first million quacha by the time you're 40, then you should be worried about what direction your career is taking. So at that point, he had to make certain wow. tough decisions. Yeah, tough decisions. And I was mm-hmm. the first one. So he, I was, uh, I think, 17 years old at the time. So we had a conversation, myself, him, and my mother. And he explained to us the decision he had made, right? Yeah. And he says, uh, so he said, yes. OK, fine. You now or in the next three months or so, what's going to happen to us? How are we going to live? He says, Look, I've got skills. I trained as a marketer. He had been privileged to have been trained. Uh, we used to have uh, the equivalent of UDC in the 70s. That was quite strong. So he was uh, one of those few privileged Zambians that uh, was trained in the UK for a couple of years. That's where we started our formative years, and that's where I started my education as well. So he made that decision. He says, Look, I'm quitting. So we said, OK, so what's the plan? So he says, Look, I'm a marketer by profession. So I'm going to go into trading. OK. So he went into trading and like I told you, that was the year I was finishing high school. So fast forward, the year I finished in December, he got something off the ground and he went into trading. So the following year was focusing on building the company. And whilst doing that, uh, what what it entailed, like I said, it was a trading company. So my gap year before going for my tertiary uh, training was spent Mm -hmm. as a van salesman. So I used to work with one of the drivers and go up country. Hmm. Every quarter, I was away from home for at least a month, living on a truck with a driver and selling fast moving consumer goods. So that I was did you. that for a whole year. That was me, right? That was me. So I did that for a whole year. Obviously, I hated it at the time because uh, in my mind, the interpretation was that that was abuse, but uh, you know, I had to carry my weight and support <laughs> the whole man. <laughs> and, and, and earn my keep right so I was a van salesman for a whole year and during mm-hmm. the period of being a van salesman and I think that was the year that was the uh, defining moment in terms of the sort of career I wanted to take yeah because when I wasn't traveling doing sales up country sleeping in a truck sleeping mm-hmm. in council lodges and things like that yeah I was in the office assisting him as his assistant yeah and at that point you know, learning the basics of business, how to raise cash books, sales day books, do reconciliations, and any odd job that uh, a clerk would do without any, you know, formal training. What, what age so, are you now at that point? Yeah. At that, at that point, I'm 18. 17 going on to 18, right? Yeah, so I'm 18 at 17 that 17
0: going on to 18, you're hustling around the
1: country. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Learning the ropes. And, uh, you know, back then uh, when the old man spoke, yes, you had some input, but very little, right? It was uh, his way or the highway. You would question with a certain level of respect, but ultimately he made the decisions and you did what he told you to do. So I had to obey. And and I grew up with that sort of uh, uh, militant discipline, so to speak. Uh, He was very firm. Yes, we had our moments when you laughed and all that. But typically, he was very firm and uh, clear about what he wanted to achieve for the family and his children. So that, that was quite a pivotal, I think, in my formative years. Yes. And when you uh, read through, I think earlier when I was responding to some people, uh, some comments on the chat, mm-hmm. people were asking questions to say, what what, what, do you, what do you look by?" Like? So I said, look, it's just about a strong value system, right? A strong value system that is founded on discipline, it's founded on hardware, and it's founded on community. So,
0: presumably, my concern, yeah, go on, Robert. Presumably, you watched during this time you were watching your father and learning. Of, course. What, of did, course. what did you see about the man that has stayed with you all this time?
1: You know what? What what I got from him was uh, boldness. There was an element of boldness, and there was a never die attitude, where he just had this strong sense of self-belief to, to 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 say, "I can do anything, and I deserve better than I am to get." That, that was what I was getting from him. Right.
0: And and so yeah. So now you you you're eighteen, and
1: what happens after that? great stuff so uh, fast forward the year 18 learn all the rocks, uh, you know go through that process of feeling like you're being abused uh, and, and by the way uh, Robert the, the mm-hmm. lessons or the learning in terms of the experience comes at a later stage in life because at that point you are useful you would rather be mm-hmm. partying with your friends and drinking and things like that but mm-hmm. you are being taught, to, uh, being taught to you know be serious and start reflecting on your life so fast forward, that was a year of learning. I mean, I went over to maintaining day books, cash books, reconciliations, and things like that, right? Yes. So once that was done, uh, I, I, yeah, but, uh, by the time that uh, I was getting to the end of uh, you know, 20, uh, the, 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 my 18th year, I was very mm. clear that one of the things that I wanted to do was something that involved numbers, and that's how the decision point was made for me to study accountancy. So, fast forward to you know, four years after that decision was made, I qualified as a the accountant and landed my first job uh, with Coopers and uh, Live. Now, you asked me to say you were coming from a business family, your father is running a business. Why do you still go and work for him? So, exactly. like I told you, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at that point, you, you are a young man, and by virtue of having been natured by him, lived your all your life dependent on him. Um, Mm. I'm almost like to try and prove to him that I can actually make it on my own without him, right? (laughs) Uh, To the extent that, uh, you know, he he wanted to organize me a job. I I refused, I said i will do it myself. And Mm -hmm. through my own networks and contacts, I was able to find, uh, you know, a job with an international firm, very reputable international firm at that point, at the library. So I joined the firm. And in the firm, I spent five years with the firm. And, you know, coming from a background of discipline and, uh, you know, the desire to achieve, uh, you know, results, not just the livelihood, um, it was a very good training ground in terms of getting grounded as an individual. Because talk about respecting a job, talk about professionalism, talk about, you know, respecting a client, I learned all that in addition to having learned that at home through the training, and um, that was the foundation was uh, cemented during my stint uh, with Coopers and Library. And why do I say that? Typically in an audit firm, as you would know, for, for, for all of you that have had encounters with auditors, typically the life of an auditor is that you go from institution to institution. You never stay in one place to, you know, dispense your, 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 your services. So during that period, I, I joined the firm as I, what I was calling a, a senior assistant auditor. And within three months of joining the firm, you get your your annual rights to lead, uh, you know, say like audit assignments and the like. Now, one of the things that you learn early on in audit is that for you to execute an audit effectively, you need to understand the business. So it means that at all points in time, you were learning new things, learning new businesses, meeting new people and the like. Uh One thing that was greatest about working in an audit firm is that if you took on a client assignment and Mm. you were given a budget, say, this budget, we have posted this job at $5,000. And for us to make money on this job, you have to finish it, say, within $3,000. And that $3,000 is matched to time, right? So yes. if you go to work for two weeks, typically a, a normal week is 40, uh, 40 hours. So you bill a client 80 hours. Now, mm-hmm. reality, realistically, you need at least uh, 160 hours or 120 hours to finish that job. But typically the, the, the culture in the firm is, here is a client, a client expects to do so much. There is a limitation in terms of the fees that they can pay you. We give yes. you a job, you need to deliver within the given time. If you don't deliver, you will be answerable, it impacts your performance. So I lived that sort of life for like five years or so, and it was very fulfilling by the way. They didn't pay well, unfortunately, but it was very fulfilling. And what it taught you is a a sense of discipline, right? Where you respect your job, because it looks after you, it pays the bills where you respect a client to say, I don't want to disappoint this client. This client is dependent on these financials, perhaps maybe to get financing and things like that. Yeah. So having been through that regime of ensuring that you are dedicated to you know fulfilling client needs, meeting client expectations, yeah. I think it's it played a very important role in terms of shaping me as a professional, mm. such that when I ventured out to go and join the revenue authority, those mm-hmm. levels of uh, you know, discipline in terms of the values that I hold mm-hmm. to this day define how I operate. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask me who has been the greatest mentor in my journey, mm-hmm. it has been my own. All- because over the years, like I told you, in, in a span mm-hmm. of 30 years, he's ventured into various types of businesses, invested, disinvested, until finally, now his retirement uh, gig is uh, a private university that he's been running for over 10 years now. And, uh, you know, he's just focused <laughs> on reinventing himself and re-improving himself. And over the years, the guy has just, uh, you know, said never die. And he's, he never says die. So to that extent, if uh, I, I can't go far in looking for a role model uh, um, uh, than looking to him, I think mm-hmm. you have asked at some point to say at various stages of your career, yes, have, I did, been, I did. have there I did. been people that... Yes, uh, have there been people that have mentored me? Certainly, there have been people that have had positive impacts. And if I was speaking stage, I'd probably be calling them out, saying that I'm shouting out to this individual, that individual in the life. But mm. along the way, there have been people that, by the way they led me and uh, led uh, the people under them, I was inspired to uh, get coaching from them uh, to to to, to Understand what it took to accomplish the goals that I had, mm. from yeah. a career perspective. So that these oh. have been, um, I think they have been fluid. So they, but they are like three, four individuals in my career. Yeah. I I just
0: wanted on, to. C- can you still hear me, uh, Mumba? Can you hear me?
1: Ye- yes, I can. Mumba. Yes, can you okay. hear
0: me? I just wanted to, yeah, very well. I wanted to just ask, I mean, you you said that something very fundamental that you mentioned in one of your responses that I would like you to say a little bit more about that. You said that, you know, it's important that you show respect for your bosses or your seniors in this journey. Why, why is that such an important element of career growth and I guess, also benefiting from them as mentors. Why, why is that very, very, you, you just explain that a bit more, please.
1: Cheers, Robert. So um, I, I think uh, you, you had asked me the, you know, the, that, that question to say that as a, I think it was response to a question to say a, a young person starting out on a you know, corporate career, how did you get mentoring and this on plant? Yes. So, so for me, when you look at my value system, when I talk about discipline, I talk about hard work, I talk about humility. Mm. So I can expand humility a little more.
2: Mm. So by
1: being humble, I basically mean that number one, you have to have respect for human beings, yes. those around you those beneath you and those above you. Mm. I think that is a very important component. You need to have that human element in terms yeah. of how you relate with people. Mm. Because Obviously, for you to be able to get ahead or to create the relevant networks, mm-hmm. you need to be relatable. You have the ability to re- mm-hmm. your seniors the respect for your job. Yeah. I did yeah. that. Day. I worked for a firm of international accountants five years, and I was underpaid for five years. But guess what? I was getting fulfillment from the, the work that I was doing. From the knowledge that I was acquiring in terms of different exposure to different industries, meeting different personalities, managing different personalities, that was my drive. I was getting fulfillment from that. When you go to who they describe, I always remember a guy called John uh, who was described as a menace of an individual. This guy, you know, used foul language from the moment he entered the building i meant to say that look at the end of the day i need to understand what i'm here to do mm-hmm. and believe it or not even as a junior most member of the team mm-hmm. i was able to crack it with john goodie the most arrogant of people that one would ever uh, you know meet mm-hmm. and how was i able to do that By just generally humbling myself and not you know reducing myself to his level so eventually he just saw that he a young man who's trying to earn a living here to provide me with a service and uh, you know owe him no disrespect so right. why do I say your, your attitude towards your leaders and your work gives you an edge in life? I think it does. Yes. When you are led by people, when you show them a certain level of respect, a certain level of decorum, you will create an opportunity or an avenue for you to um, for, for for you to learn from their wealth of knowledge, from their, their wealth of knowledge. I do acknowledge that everybody has that opportunity, but I think one of the things you need to do is learn as much as you can from them learn as much as you can with them and just respecting that hierarchy in terms of authority in terms of the organizations i think organizations uh, are, yes should be respected because to the extent that you are earning a living from that particular organization you are able to you know uh, drive the fancy car live in a decent house i think you need to have respect for that institution and that is why I think in one of the comments, uh, Robert, somebody had asked me to say, uh, if you were to go back in time, would you still have spent these 20 odd years plus in formal employment? And I said no. And and my reasoning was this. I said, look, if I had known what I know now, then I would probably have maximum spent five years in formal employment. And that would have been for the reasons to understand how a former business operates gain different kind of experience that you would then go and employ in your own private business. So th- th- that's my stance, Robert, around, you know, attitude towards your leaders, attitude towards, uh, you know, your work. You have to respect what makes the cheese. At the end of the day, what enables you to make the cheese has to be respected. Whether you like the individual, you have no choice but to do that and you will find that it is easy for you to relate with people that day.
0: Yeah. I, I I want to ask you um, this question. Um, and this is the elephant in the room that we've been discussing the whole day. Uh, yep. Mumba. Yep. For many of the Ugandans in the workspace, particularly for my employment, it feels like the salary is never enough. So most of them are hustling here and there to sort of supplement their income is that something that you're familiar with and you've run into in your work life and how would you what's your what are your views on it because for quite a few people it seems like you're stealing company time or organizational time or you're cheating or yet some people think it's legitimate that is what everybody is sort of struggling with Would you and that's actually what attracted a lot of people to you so what are your views <laughs>
1: Yeah, like like you said, Robert. Indeed, the elephant in the room. So let let, let me answer that question uh, this way. So 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 typically, um, over the years, I I told you that um, uh, in terms of orientation, I come from a background where you know we we, we are business oriented, so to speak, where you know the 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 old man and uh, the old woman have been in business for a number of years. So what I've typically done over the years, obviously, in my spare time, I'll sit probably on the boards, uh, provide consultancy and, 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 and uh, you know, guidance in terms of where I thought there would be, you know, business opportunities and the like. And how did I do all that? That I did all in my free time. Why is that? Because this links into the earlier comments that I made to say that you need to have respect for your employer. You need to have respect for, for, for the job that is paying you the bills. To the extent that you believe that, uh, you know, you are not making sufficient income from that particular job, that is why I think it is important that people venture out. And I've been in that arena, and uh, I would tell you that over the years, I've embarked on a number of business ventures, either individually or through partnerships or through family and and, and the like. But my one overriding principle has been around the discipline element where you have to, you need to be clear. You know, and the point that you made to say that if I'm doing my personal business during working hours, am I stealing or am I contributing to the company? Or am I being measured on outcomes and and, and the like? The reality or the direct answer to that, Robert, is that you are stealing, right? A person who's doing that is stealing. Are they doing something wrong by doing a side hustle? No, they are not. Because what they are trying to do is supplement their incomes. So for me, what I say, and you should have seen in some of the answers I've been giving during the day, is to say that I think it's the mode of delivery that you have to think about. How am I going to execute on this business venture that I'm venturing into? What does it entail? What does the ecosystem entail? Who are my customers? Who are my suppliers? Uh, what do I need to be able to do in order to achieve uh, the objectives of this business? So once you have clarity around that there are various models one can employ, okay? So if, for instance, yeah. uh, assuming you're in a, in, in a marriage relationship, uh, you, you, yes. you could, you know, both of you start off, maybe you're in formal employment, you start, start the side hustle. So what you typically would need to do, to do it in a way that is uh, fair to both yourself and to your employer and uh, you know your family, is to have a setup that does not compromise either one of them. And what do I mean yeah. by that? An example yeah. would be to say, you would want to say, look, we, we are in this business of, uh, you know, processing mattoke into some nice paste or, you know, some some, some mattoke use or the like. And this is the income mm. that we're seeing in terms of potential of it bringing to the table. Why don't one of us remain in formal employment for security purposes so that we guarantee our cash flow? and one of us yeah. went into this business that typically uh, looks re- uh, lucrative. It's mm-hmm. typically a risk and word, uh, you know decision. So from my perspective, I would say mm. that if you confidence that you have identified a business opportunity out there, I gave you an example of a 40-year-old gentleman who said, look, I, uh, <laughs> I'm 40 years old, I'm <laughs> nearing my retirement age, and I'm not happy with the way I'm being treated. He made a bold mm. decision. So if you are going to be in business, you have to be a risk taker. You have to be a risk taker. It's one or the other. Yes, it is good to start a Mm. business when you are more employment. I I am aware of the the, the lovely coffee company that you you run, uh, Robert, and uh, I'll be looking out for your coffee, right? Uh, Mm. But I'm I'm assuming that is something that you started some years back and you have been nurturing. So the opportunity, people should look at it as an opportunity, to make mistakes, to learn from their mistakes, and formulate business plans that respond to the environment based on the challenges that they face, and define a delivery model that does not con- compromise their, more, their higher source of income. I have read about theories where people say the advice around when is the right time to quit your job. So my answer to that is it depends on you, but uh, as a minimum, it should be at a point that what you're earning from your side hustle is more than what you're earning from your formal employment and it will not compromise your quality of living if you were to take that uh, you know, difficult plunge of uh, you're you, you know, saying this is where we draw a line in the sand and this is where the rubber hits the road. I am going into business and this is what um, I'm going to do. So it's either both feet are in the water or they are outside the water. So that, that's my thought uh, around that process. And uh, like I said, a number of ventures that I've tried mm. over the years have bordered on me being able to manage uh, my time in a responsible manner and ensuring that I use my 24 hour day uh, you know efficiently so to speak so those lunch times those times after 5 uh, you know your weekends you are trying to build uh, mm. your so you need to invest time and effort in there and you need to work hard as they say if beggars were uh, if wishes were horses beggars would ride right yeah
0: yeah, uh, I, I would be driving a Ferrari by now. But anyway, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you, but, Robert, but... and that's very cool about it.
0: <laughs> But back to 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 that question for you uh, as an somebody who is supervising, um, and you you learnt about this. How would you? Uh, deal with a situation if it is mm-hmm. not compromising uh, on the guy's productivity and, mm. and you know it, it, he in fact might even be a borrower or banker in ABSA mm.
3: how,
0: how would you deal with that would you just play hardball and say look it's either I'm paying you for the time or how would you go about it what's the dilemma mm. the supervisor's dilemma that they face
1: yeah. So, 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 look, I mean, um, w- one of the things uh, uh, working for various employers in the in the private sector, you know, they, they'll, they'll typically take you through a process where it's, uh, I think in banking, you call it compliance, right? Where you need yes. to make a return as to whether you have any business interests outside the organization. And mm. that typically is done to address one of two things. Number one, a potential conflict of interest arising between, say, the business and your employer. And also a potential conflict of interest uh, where, you know, a question of saving two masters comes uh, to to crossroads. If I have an agent business uh, banking deal that I need to do versus what my employer uh, wants me to do, where do I draw the line and say, look, let me go and attend to my personal business whilst, uh, you know, uh, attend to my personal employment issues later? so for me as an employer or a person supervising people that are you know doing these side businesses i am totally for it uh, people should be entrepreneurs but the only counsel Mm -hmm. that i give is that they should do it in their own time and ideally when you're starting a business i have a principle to say that yes start small but think big and if you are going to think big you need to start thinking of modes of business delivery that's fits mm-hmm. in with this kind of lifestyle or employment that you have what do i mean yes. by this what, what mm-hmm. i'm typically saying there Robert, is that look i'm starting to sell you know uh, trays of eggs at the street corner i need mm. to uh, said earlier what does it take for me to get those eggs there what time do they have to be there and obviously, at the point you are starting you say okay For me to be able to do that, I probably need a domestic uh, worker who will be delivering 20 Mm -hmm. eggs at uh, a particular time on a daily basis. So typically, you need to think of a delivery channel that uh, suits your current circumstances because, strictly speaking, if your job was not important to you, you wouldn't be Mm. in it in the first place. So the fact that you're still holding on to that job, it means that that job plays an important role in your life. So for me, Mm. it's about... You know, coming up with a, a mode of delivery. Do I, do I need to hire, hire a domestic uh, or a general worker? And I think when you are starting out, even what you pay them, if you are going to say, no, I'll be paying this guy a hundred thousand shillings a week, uh, or two hundred thousand shillings a week, and I'm generating an extra two three million, you have to invest. You have to incur the cost in order to manage the business. And for me, I think that's the critical point. I'll respect them. I'll uh, I'll provide them the support. For so long as they are able to professionally manage their time between their personal business and that of the institution, because at the end of the day, it is what it is. I mean, so, when you are employed, you have a full-time contract, and you know you, you you've got obligations uh, to your employer.
0: So I, let me see, uh, Mumba. If I understand you well, the advice you are giving is that yeah. look, figure out what your interests in life are, what yeah. role does your current job play in realizing those interests and then everything else that you do around it including your side hustle do not sabotage your ability to deliver on the job is that what you're saying
1: that's a great summary Robert exactly what I'm saying
0: so let's go to I know you've alluded to it but I would like to hear a bit more in it in terms of I mean you looked at you sat with your dad and he told you the decision he was making He's, and you know at that time he didn't even have a side hustle yeah. he was he was yeah. jumping into yeah. the, the you know the, he had no options but yeah. one of the things that a lot of us face especially we in formal employment well at this when i used to be there is and i know that a lot of people are, are struggling with this at what point whether you have a side hustle or not at what point do you call time on the formal employment and say, look, okay, let me go do my own stuff. This is it. What are the kinds of considerations that you, you typically you look at? When, when your dad was talking to you, I mean, he told you that okay. I have no house. So yeah. so imagine that, you know, somebody walked into your office and was having a crisis of that nature, a personal crisis. How would you mentor them? How would you advise them? How would you counsel them?
1: Sure. So, so, Robert, a very um, deep question and, uh, you know, topical for, for all of us. So, so, so what um, I think to, to one of the earlier questions, you, somebody had asked me to say, if you were to go back in time, would you have spent the number of years you spent in formal employment or you would have taken a plunge? And my honest answer to that was that I probably would have taken a plunge after five years. And why five years? Uh, because five years, I think if you are focused and are able to plan and know what your goals are, you will gain certain skills and experience that you can employ into you know, your own business. But of course, the two possibly would have to start in tandem so that by the time you're taking the plunge, uh, it is about what are your needs as an individual? what is it that you know, that business is generating for you? For me, um, as I said, there are no hard and fast rules. It's a risk and reward uh, decision. If I'm going to decide today that I'm going to stop working, um, I think my father was more bold uh, at the time for, for his time. So today, if I'm going to do it, I'll, do it with reason. I'll ask myself to say, what are my current commitments? I mentioned to you that, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I have two kids in university, one in high school and things like that, right? Yeah. Uh, 30, 40 years ago, things were much easier. There was public education, education free, and everything, so you could make certain, uh, you know, decisions. But what what I would uh, guide someone, and I typically ask questions. It's like when a person is going to resign, I'll ask them, you know, typical questions. You are resigning. What are you going to do? Is it business or you know, or or, or formal employment? And there's a certain set of questions I ask. So I'll typically ask them first of all. Uh, Is this business that you are doing sustainable? How long have you been doing it for? What lessons have you learned over the time? And is it generating sufficient cash flows or revenue not to compromise your lifestyle? I think that's the litmus test yeah. that one would employ. So without oh, yeah. being pedantic about it and saying, no, when you make 100% of what you earn or 150% of what you earn, to the extent that yeah. it is able to sustain your livelihood and depending at what stage you are in your life and your career, um, your needs yeah. and aspirations in life are different. So a 20 or 30-year-old the aspiration they have uh, versus a 45 or 50-year-old They are different. So for me, the only counsel I'd give is to say, is the side hustle bringing in the level of income that would not disrupt your livelihood. If it's option A, excellent, you go all the best and, uh, you know, take the risk and take the plunge. If it is option B to say, look, there are some risks. But what I see is I have a dream that within the next 12 to 24 months, I expect this thing to have you know, doubled or tripled the level of income that it is uh, bringing in. So at yes. that point, I mean, that, that, that's the decision point where now somebody has to evaluate on their own to say, from a risk and reward uh, perspective, what should I do at this point? Uh, I, do I uh, take the risk? Like I said, if you're a business person, you should be willing to take the risk. And I think what you typically have, like I indicated earlier, is that if you have a partner, uh, and you're both in formal employment. I think that's good insulation to say the guarantee is the one that is bringing a paycheck to paycheck as a, you know, as a, a backup or a cushion. And then on the other side, I'll take the plunge and take the risk and see that uh, you know I see this hustle through. So that, that's typically what I'll, I'll, the sort of conversation I'll be having with uh, somebody telling me they want to take the plunge.
0: You know. You, it's good you use the word taking the plunge. Uh, for me, yeah. one 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 other standard that I, I I always I used even on myself was how much pain are you willing to take in terms of the plunge. And when we were at yeah. university, I, I I used to be a leftist and a Marxist, so there was something yeah. called committing class suicide. So so <laughs> <Exactly>. are you
2: <laughs> are you
0: prepared? To commit class suicide so that's the lifestyle you're yeah. talking about are you ready to yeah. come from where you are and go down yeah. so what i yeah. was doing when i was when my farm farm was my side hustle one of the things i yeah. psychologically did for the six years in which i was doing it was to switch and wear overalls and come down to the level of my employees and the farm and yeah. practice living that life so that it wouldn't be such a shock to get out of a business suit, exactly. and 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 get into an overall. So for me, it was almost seamless. But yeah. I, I I wanted to ask you another question. As somebody who's been in business, and we're talking about all these decisions, can you help me and distinguish between two things? What is taking a risk, and what is an act of recklessness? Because and gambling, because sometimes people. Mm-hmm. I find that people are not clear about those two things. They take a gamble or they become reckless. and They, they
1: heroically call it yeah. risk-taking. <laughs> so one of the things that um, I, I learned, as I gave you the example of uh, my, my 40-year-old father you know, taking uh, the plunge or so taking the tough call to say, I now want to venture as an entrepreneur, is he was a qualified marketer by uh, profession. And what did he venture into? He ventured into trading and trading involved marketing, it involved selling and things like that. So there was a skill set that he had that resonated with the business that he ventured into. So for me, if I start with the the, the second point, an act of recklessness is jumping into an arena that you have no clue about in terms of how that particular business uh, runs. You have rightly given a perfect example of the six years that you did, uh, you know, uh, working through your, you know, your, your, your coffee farm and things like that, learning the ropes. You need to yeah. understand the business that you're entering into, and you you should also be focused in terms of what is it that is uh, that that I'm trying, or what opportunity am I trying to see uh, to, to to seize. One of the things that I've learned and seen over the years is that there will be, you know, like flavors of the month or what is in vogue at that particular point in time. You hear that uh, Robert bought a fleet of 10 mini buses with no clue of how to run a transport business. You say, hey, Robert must be making good buses. You go and buy buses, right? You see Robert is money in roses. Yeah? So, so for me, an act of recklessness is venturing into businesses that you have no clue about, businesses that you don't understand. To the extent that you're entering into a business that is not your area of uh, specialization, adequate research mm-hmm. to understand the, that sector, what are the opportunities, what does success look like? What do the successful uh, companies playing or individuals playing in that arena? What sort of skill set do they have? What business argument do they have? What sort of resources mm-hmm. do they employ in terms of uh, you know technical expertise and the like? So for me, an act of recklessness is taking the Mm. plunge to venture into a business that you don't understand the mechanics of from a value chain perspective, how you operate end to end, the suppliers, the debtors, the working capital cycle, where you even buy the inputs and the like. That's an act of recklessness. Uh, Taking a risk uh, on the other side is the flip side of that particular point, where you now say, I have been running this side hustle for the last four to five years, it has grown i started by thinking small but as a person who was thinking big i had targets to say that if i'm able to grow this business within the next five years from making me 10 million you know shillings a year to 50 million shillings a year then i think at that point i'll be ready to go and invest in this child and continue to nurture them to the next level such that uh, you know in the next 10 years it is uh, a, a bigger business than it is today so that's my distinction between the the the, the, the two robert venturing into the known and uh, venturing into the unknown right so so that, that, that that's yep. the, the, the distinction uh, that I'd put to it and uh, if i were giving advice to somebody i'll say take the plunge and take a risk and uh, not uh, <laughs> taking a plunge as an act of recklessness, where you don't understand even the business that you're venturing into.
0: Right. So, um, just so you know, Mumba, I have I do this show together with Tony Otoa, who calls himself Comrade Otoa. So I call him my sidekick because yeah. and this is interesting how this it's interesting how this started because all of a sudden my internet would disappear and then me, the host, I would vanish and leave my guests hanging. Okay. so I decided okay. it must be two hosts so in case okay. my internet vanishes you now you know Ottawa but I he also has questions he asks and you sure. guys are in the same industry
1: then I'll yeah, yeah, the I know guy. Tony. I know Tony very well yeah
0: Aha, okay so I'll let the guys know that I'm I'm going to open up for questions immediately after Tony so that the guys can now ask you the questions themselves so yes
4: Hi, Mumba. It's a pleasure hearing from you again. And Robert, I'll just tell you one interesting thing. The first time I met Mumba was over a grill. We were at a party at my boss's
2: residence. Oh. And Mumba, and his crew
4: <laughs> moved to my grill because that is where the party was. So you can imagine. <laughs> but also, another interesting thing about that day was his humility because we never talked about titles we just introduced our first names and all of that and we just enjoyed the meet but mumba thank you so much and i mean the next time i saw him was at our ceo training and mumba was actually you know i was like i know you and, and he was also like i know you and i was asked to give you know uh, uh the closing uh, statements but mumba thank you so much i mean what you have done today is really exceptional You know, a lot of young people, corporate people getting into uh, employment, uh, becoming entrepreneur. And truth be told, many young people are getting out of university. They have no sight of jobs. So the first instinct, of course, is entrepreneurship. But also while at university, because, I mean, I don't want us to think of side hustle only while at a job, in a corporate job, but also side hustle, probably even at school. You know, because, I mean, I have my very, very good friend, Bamlinde. Bamlinde, if you think about his university stories, man, this man was a hustler. But how do we incentivize young people to not only just think entrepreneurship, but also think of it as a real, a real tangible thing that they can actually do moving beyond that? But also, for the corporate guy, would you actually say as well that having a side hustle is probably your preamble towards getting you ready for retirement because we were speaking to um, very interesting guests before who are saying 98% of retirees or people who retire from their jobs lose their pension in almost the first year or the first, or, or, or the first two years now would you encourage them to actually get into side hustles because that is usually the tricky point most people ignore this idea of trying out something for themselves and then end up getting into a situation where when they are retired, they have no clue. Those are my questions. Thank you.
1: Yeah, th- th- thanks, Tony. And uh, always good to hear from you. I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to, you know, burning meat with you because I think the grill you did that day was awesome, right? That's why I don't Thank forget. You. You, right? <laughs> You should do it as a side hustle. <laughs> it is my side hustle. I think there's <laughs> an, opportunity, an opportunity. Yeah. So so, right. so 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 Tony, very very interesting question. And um, as I said, you see the challenge. Say people like me have now is that um you know on the other side of forty now, right? And and my mentor retired at forty, and he's still you know he's <laughs> earning, much he's still making more money than I do, right? And I thank God right. for that, to be honest. Yeah, because to, to be in a situation where at my age, I don't really have to worry about, you know, what my parents are eating or whether they have shelter and the like is independent. So even when I choose to do anything to to say, you know, surprise him with a, a gift here and there, it's it's complimentary. It's not uh, his mainstay. You, you understand? He's still living a, a high quality life. I mean, uh, you know, able to. To, to, to live an above-average life, still enjoy, uh, you know, a good quality life, and he's over 70, right? So what what works differently, he took a plunge at the right time. He took the plunge at the right time uh, um, in, in, in his lifetime and the like, and it has continued to work for another 30 years. Has it always been smooth? No. There were times when, you know, certain divestments needed to be made. And, you know, certain tough uh, adjustments needed to be made in order to support the business. And I always look at myself as one of those tough decisions. So I was cheap labor. That's why I worked for him for a year. Right? <laughs> so, so so that is part of the sacrifice that comes with that. So what I would advise, to be honest, is don't wait for your retirement to start experimenting in business ventures. And one of the things that I've typically noted as well, not that I am, um, you know, being uh, racist or anything. If um, um, a, a number of you are familiar, there's a book that I've read uh, called The Capitalist Nigger eh? uh, by uh, Chika or, yeah, I think it was a uh, uh, West African author. So, Nigerian so, so is Nigerian, right? Yes. yes, Nigerian. You know the story yes. about The Capitalist Nigger. Where, where we fail um, as, um, as, as nationals or as a continent, is in terms of partnerships and, you know, pooling resources, going into joint ventures and, you know, supporting ecosystems that support various business areas. So for me, I would really be a, I'm a proponent of business. I mean, in my current life as it is, I mean, there are certain that I do engage in uh, on a short-term basis and and, and and the like, but it's something that you have to continuously do. When you have got savings, you've got investment investment income, there are various options that you can uh, exploit in terms of opportunities that you can do out there. So if you ask me, Tony, it's to say that it is important to start experimenting with a venture that you can do after you have retired. And forming these partnerships with colleagues are extremely important. In my mind, there's power in numbers. So if we can develop that concept or mindset of, waiting together as we say the, the, the ubuntu policy it should not only be when we are mourning or celebrating but but it should also apply when we are you know pulling economic capital resources uh, to drive those small dreams into big dreams so th- that that would be my, my 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 thought process Tony. Uh, start whilst you still have the energy and don't wait for retirement because like i said earlier on that's tantamount to being an act of recklessness
4: Oh, and by the way, uh, Robert. So, ro- Robert, just before you come in, just by the way, I applaud you because my first job ever was a tan boy, and I noticed you were also a tan man running around with goods. So there's
0: a lot of similarity, Robo. <laughs> I I, I did that job. I did that job on my grandmother's pickup in 1987, and we one time we had to go and collect fish <laughs> from Lake Edward to go to to go and sell it in Kawale There now, You, you go. had to leave. Now, no, you had to leave Lake Edward at 4:30 a.m. Yeah, and there was a, there was a risk because Lake Edward, that national park, the lions used to sleep in trees, so mm-hmm. it could casually pick you off the back of a pickup. Anyway, so we yeah. would then, we would then. But the most interesting thing is we had to leave at 4 a.m. in order to get to Kavali at six before ten because fish has to be sold before ten, otherwise yeah. it go bad. <laughs> so you would arrive. Into Kavali town, and everybody on the pickup is screaming that the fish is rotting. And the word we used to use in my language is zivwunda, zivwunda, zivwunda. So you have to shout that for put you know you've got fish. But that's not the story of the day. Let's let's get back. I have questions from people. But the person who's going to ask a question now is Aine Amani. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Um. Okay, go ahead.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. So, hello, hello, sir. Hi, uh, Mr. Roberts. Hi, uh, Mr. Otoa. Hi. Yeah. So my question is very simple. Yes. So I know a lot of people with side households and stuff like that, but scaling becomes a problem because of due to lack of finance, especially in the Ugandan. You know the Ugandan environment. So at what point should someone look at um scaling, and is it to
1: take?
0: Okay,
1: Mumba, go ahead. I lost the so so he was what what was the last part? He says uh, fina- I heard him talk about financing. Then he talked about scaling. So, what what was the final point?
0: The money for scaling up. How do you okay. how do young people get it?
1: I see. Yeah, so so look, t- t- tough 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 question, right? And and I think for me, I one of the things that I spoke about is uh, as I was making that reference to the uh, capitalist figure, I said scaling up sometimes can come by pooling resources, where you come up with, uh, for lack of a better term, a consortium of uh, you know friends or like-minded individuals that have a similar vision in terms of what they want to drive. So if you have five, 10 people coming together and say putting a million together, uh, you have 10 million other than a million. So depending on the the, the ambition that you have or the the vision that you have in terms of the the, the type of business you want to grow, one of the cheapest option of doing is about pulling resources. Like I said, you need to start small, but think big. And typically for you, to, you know, to grow, you need to have uh, you know, a plan in terms of how you, you start small. I know the question will probably go in the direction of uh, you know, uh, financing startups and things like that, but I think that's a, a deeper conversation that uh, one would give as a, a, a financial advisor. But uh, the most simplistic uh, guidance that I would give of you or opinion would be around putting resources with people who have a similar uh, mindedness in terms of the business venture that they want to do. Because I think within that same opportunity or or in the midst of uh, scarcity, there should be opportunity and ways to think differently about how to raise resources. So I always say, uh, not to belabor the point, that. What One of the things that we have learned from Corona is to say that uh, uncertainty is a certainty and we always have to explore ways of doing things differently. So to the extent that capital for startups is a problem, you need to think of other ways that you can come up with capital. So if the 10 people like-mindedness will not give you scale, think of, uh, you know, 20 people that share a similar value system as you, share a similar dream as you, pull resources and get that business off the ground. Don't limit yourself.
0: Okay, Damba, Nicholas, Damba, what do you have to say? Yes, uh, thank you so much, Robert and Mumba. I have one question to ask Mumba. Uh, how best can you, can you manage your side
2: hustle vis-à-vis your corporate employment? And then uh, is, it, uh, is, it, uh, is it now uh, advisable to communicate
0: your, your side hustle to your, to your employers? Thank you. Right.
1: Th- thank you, uh, Nicholas. I'm not sure at what point you, you joined us in the conversation, uh, but, but uh, you yeah. know, Robert yeah. had asked that question. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think with your steer, Robert, uh, do, do you want me to take a stab at it again to, for Nicholas's stay? Yeah,
0: Bec- because the thing about this forum is that people sort of come in at different times and yeah. Yeah.
1: maybe yeah, it um,
0: might help. just quickly. Yeah.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. So, so, so Nicholas, the the starting point number one was that, yes, uh, to the extent that you are involved in ventures outside the, uh, you know, organization, it is important that, uh, you know, your line manager or your supervisor is aware of that. And the reason that is important is, number one, there will be times maybe that you, 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 you have, uh, you know, a crisis that you're managing. But what I typically said earlier is that you need to have a clear distinction between your loyalty to your business and your loyalty to your employer. And the business is something that you should do in your free time, number one. And number two, you have to have a business delivery model or, or, or process that does not interfere with your work. So that, 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 that was the comment that I made earlier, Nicholas, uh, and I hope that uh, helps. Right.
0: I've got someone called Kenneth and Kenneth, do you want to say something?
5: Yes, thank you, Mr. Robert. I'm glad I'm here. Can you get me well? 100%. Yes, you can, okay. I'm glad, Mr. Mumba. Thank you for sharing with us what you've gone through and how we can go on with life. Uh, my question is, uh, can, like, can someone manage a side hustle uh, alongside being a student, let me say? Uh, and moreover, in a period like this, when COVID has just been on, and you're planning to start. Can it be possible? And can you handle the three COVID? No people most likely the customers, then uh education and the rest. Thank you. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Mumba. You're laughing, Robert. Because you know that's a, it's a tough I one. <laughs> yeah 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 better you than yes me. <laughs> enjoy the moment one of the things robert i'm planning and i'm warning you that one day i also need to return the favor and interview you on the other side oh no that's fine absolutely
0: fine
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I am i'm
0: quite happy to do that it's just that i
1: am not uh, no, managing I'm 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 sure director of it, anything it, anymore it's your forte i think you would probably be the one walking back at me right but nevertheless yeah. so 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 Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth. um so so interesting question that you asked you are a student you are running a side hustle you are managing covid right so it's 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 it's, 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 a, it's a tough one right um, but but you see one of the things that i do as well is um, i'll give you an example of uh, my daughters So I've got daughters who are in university and uh, there's one of them, the oldest one, that, uh, you know, loves, uh, she loves fitness and she's also into beauty products and things like that. So during the time she's been at university, I think the first time we started it, we were saying, you know, this is going to distract you and things like that. So for the last, uh, I think, two and a half years of her university, she Developed a liking for something like, like you know, beauty products. So what did they start doing with her housemate? They started outsourcing and doing business uh, to, uh, or, or, do, or doing makeovers as they call them. So they would identify friends who had functions, they have, uh, you know, these weddings and things like that. And over the weekends, in their free time, they would charge, I think, something like five hundred rands per person in order to perform those services. So once or twice a month, they would dedicate that time. To doing those entrepreneurial activities so what am i saying before they started doing that we had a conversation and as we've been mentoring the children what we've been telling them is that look education opens up your mind in terms of uh, you know uh, instilling certain knowledge and skills in, in in your mind but skills obviously you develop over time So what we've been encouraging them to do is to say, to the extent that you have a venture that you are good at and you can see it's making you money, the cost of doing that business is not uh, more than the income that is coming through. By all means, it is encouraged. But I guess uh, the the, the key thing and the key message that we advise our children, which I would also, um, you know, give you advice on, Kenneth, is to say, to the extent that the two are, you know, mutually uh, exclusive, um, uh, and, and you're able to strike that balance between business and your studies, by all means, do it. What is key is having clarity about the delivery model, where one master does not compromise, uh, you know, the focus uh, on the other. So that is those two issues. COVID, uh, look, I mean, COVID, I think it's a nuance for, for all of us. I think we just have to think, uh, you know, look to divine intervention, look to the leadership, look to the world leaders to to give us our fair share of the vaccine and uh, i think once that has been rolled out uh, in in the numbers that the governments are targeting then the world can return back so that's all i can say around the public side but on the business side by all means that would be my uh, my advice to you right
0: uh you know um mumba i want to just take a chance to advise Uh, the guys on this show that you see here is the opportunity that we've created we have all these really big people and i'm telling the guys because i'm seeing people here want to speak somebody's called black stallion and you guys how can now somebody like mumba if you asked an intelligent question how can mumba follow him let me start with lina shanga lina what would you like to say to mumba Lina, are you there check your mic switch it on and speak okay i think she's having trouble okay mr black stallion what do you want to say Uh, hello
2: robert hello mumba hello um uh, what are your real names my name is (laughs) innocent Innocent, Kamubishi. Innocent, <laughs> who?
0: <was> like, okay.
2: <laughs> yep. uh, I mean,
0: okay. no. this is how people miss opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go
2: now, uh First okay. of all, uh, Mr. Mumba, I'd like to thank you. Um, I'm a banker with Absa. It's actually <laughs> the best bank with. So <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, personally, oh, i run done uh, three, three side hustles. And I also have a job. So my question is: How do you? Uh, how do you in a in a situation where your boss is not very receptive to the idea of you running a side hustle? What do you do? And then uh, you spoke of the issue of uh, loyalty what uh how uh, how do you in a situation you are the supervisor or the boss what do you do where you find your employee side hustle is uh, has a conflict of interest with uh, the company you run thank you
0: okay t- Sh- t- shoot Mumba,
2: that's your employee
1: thanks you know yeah it, 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 that's what I heard. Eh? Uh, I, I, heard I, I thought he was a customer, but I, I hear he's on the team. Right. So, so, so number one, uh, innocent. I mean, if we are working together um, in the same institution, I think the thirty. Robert, I think it's the usual thing.
4: Uh, you'll have to look out for him. Get I'm... him back on.
0: Okay. And It normally I happens it at this mid. time, by
4: the way. Eight exactly that's, eight o'clock.
0: That's... That's when the, the 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 ancestors want us to go and uh, do other things. But let me try and get him back on. Sure. Um, uh, I think is he is he back on? Yes,
4: he's back on. So just add him up as a speaker, and we're good to go.
0: Okay. Let me just see how to do this. Uh, Mumba, are you back on?
4: he's disappeared again let
0: okay let me just try and uh, his, his invite is still open let me uh, in, instead of us losing time let's see if we can get the people who wanted to ask questions. can you still hear me? sure 100% okay um, somebody called Lynn Bishanga have you been able to sort out your mic do you want to speak? Lina Bishanga Lena 29. Okay. Uh, Glories, 646. G. That's your name. Do you want to ask a question? We shall surely pass it on.
4: I think she's... Uh, she's I think her mic is not on, so we could try Jovia.
3: Uh, well, thank you, Mr. Robert. Uh, Mr. Mumba, in his absentia, and uh, um, we'll
0: not the question and we'll ask him when he comes in,
3: okay? Uh, I know I don't know if I'm audible enough whether you can hear me, but I want to thank you for this yeah. insightful, informative, and very wonderful discussion we've had. Well, uh, I'm a yeah. banker and uh, I also I truly believe in side hustles. But uh, my question is, um, you uh-huh. see, well, okay, in the banking uh area or in an environment where you're a banker, there's so many people. That you work with now. If I have my side hustle and I want to make quite a number of them, my clients, if I want to make quite a number, oh
1: great! Sorry, I, I had a technical glitch there. I had to log in and out. Okay. Uh, okay. Was the yeah. daughter nearby, nearby? No, no, no. This one, believe it or not, I sorted it out myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we are proud of you, my you
1: yeah no yeah so i found Jovian. Jovian. i don't know if we did justice to innocent but i think to wind up on that one innocent if at all there is need for a further conversation please uh you know follow the due processes just to get uh you know that guidance for any issue that you may not be clear of
3: okay um uh, well mr Um, Robert and mr Mr. Mr. Thank you very much for Thank this insightful and wonderful discussion. I'm a banker too, I'm a banker too as uh, Mr. Mumba. Uh, Mr. Mumba. Well, um, my question is, my I noticed, okay, in the banking noticed, okay, environment, you, the you have, to the have to number of 12. And maybe cloud. those could even be your, your could be your customers inside in your muscles. Um, my question is, how do I make uh, most is of my clients, pay clients pay without having a sense of interest? And, uh, the, second and general, the second question is, uh, well, we got a group is, uh, well, of other bankers. You know, bankers. I looked at bankers around people that I are within the same, industry. The same and industry. industry, and uh, we've made an investment club. In an investment club. Um, uh, okay, uh, if we are able okay. to, are to in come industry, up with, say, around 16 euros or 20 M per month, what would be the best um, investment opportunity to make sure that, uh, make sure that uh, our investment, club, our investment is club is actually productive and people get a return from their investment, investment. okay. And maybe l- l- let me. I'm not talking about the bonds of this time, but what investment opportunities, opportunities look good uh, could give, give us a good return on investment. investment. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you very much. Okay, Jovian, so I got the second part of your question. Uh, I don't know, on the first one, what was the first question after you introduced yourself as a banker?
0: Oh, wow, oh, wow. Um, um, I didn't hear it. He didn't hear it. In here. Wow. So I, I he's gone off he's gone because off. of... Oh, he's green. gone off, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So, so Jovian asks an interesting question. So he says, what's the best investment opportunity for a person with... Uh, with, with 20 million shillings uh, at this particular point. And look, the, the, the honest answer i would give you is that at this point, I don't know, right? Because that's very yeah. abstract. But, but what should determine uh, your investment decisions is your risk and reward. So I'll need to understand your risk appetite in terms of what you want to venture into. And I think this also connects into the uh, question that uh, there was a comment that we made earlier on. Uh, that i made to say that uh, i think it's robert when robert asked the question to say when is the right time to take a plan what is taken as uh, taking a risk and what is taken as recklessness so typically when you are taking a risk you need clarity around what you want to what opportunity do you want to service if it's uh, you know you want risk-free investments of course i was going to default to say government securities and everything but you could explore things like unit trusts as uh, other options You could go into FX trading as other options. So those are high risk, high return. So those are some of the things that you can begin to to think of as options. But like I said, it's a very abstract answer. I would really need to understand what your risk appetite is. But at the end of the day, it also does start with you. What is your objective? What are you trying to uh, realize from a return perspective? And what are you willing to lose uh, from uh, a risk perspective? I think that would be my, my, my comment around that, Jovian. On the first one, unfortunately, I missed the, the first question, but I caught the, the second one, I, and I hope that is helpful.
0: Well, at well, least at he's least got the possible option possible of sending you a, a tweet a so you can so respond, you can respond, respond on later on or whatever. On, to whatever. So, yeah. Anita, Anita Carissa. Carissa. Yes, yes hi. hi. My, my question, question is. Can one keep, can one doing, keep the doing the eight to five
4: and still run, their side, run their side hustle? Must there be a, time, there be a time when one has when to quit their, their job? This aspect, this
0: aspect of side, of hustle, side hustle, of becoming hustle becoming main hustle, hustle narrative.
4: narrative.
0: We Thank can you. hear your side
1: hustle, right? You, <laughs> <laughs> you heard the, 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 the yeah so so is hustling in the background right so, <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely. there you go so so anita the answer to that is yes um and i think um uh, earlier on I, I i'm cognizant of the fact that maybe you joined the conversation a little late so earlier on when robert and i were chatting the comment that i made around that is yes you can do you know the the, the side hustle with an eight to five job but what is key is the mode of delivery How are you going to execute that side hustle do you need to outsource it to somebody and how well do you understand the house uh, the 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 side hustle uh, from an end-to-end you know value chain perspective do you understand the ecosystem that governs that side hustle if you do that's the starting point then at that point you would need to look at your timing schedule is it something you can do uh, uh, after hours over lunch and over weekends and if it is something that is required to be done 8 to 5 when you're required to be at the office, then at that point, it (coughs) speaks to you developing what option should be your mode of delivery. Do you need to hire a general worker that is going to be running the the errands for you? Do you need to take a partner that is possibly not in formal employment, but in informal employment? That can be your partner in that uh, particular business. And then one of the other things that we discussed earlier was around at what point do you make uh, the decision to take the plunge? Obviously, if the side hustle begins to bring in income that you believe is in excess of your employment, that's a decision point that you need to reflect on. What I said earlier was that typically when you are making such uh, decisions, uh, career-changing or life-changing decisions, it is a risk and reward discussion, and it is about you determining what you are willing to do at that particular point versus the reward that you see. So to the extent that it fits in with the needs that you have, I think that is a point of inflection where you make a decision. But typically, like I said earlier, from my perspective, had I known what I know now, 20 years
0: Hey, Mumba, or is it me? No,
4: I think on. it's Mumba again, but uh, it should be coming back on. I think it's on his side.
2: Yeah, I think it's still yep.
1: on, still on, still still on, slide.
0: on slide. Yep. Can you hear me again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're back. Okay. I think. No, You're back, I think. I'm back. Uh-huh. Okay. Can I ask okay. can I ask Brian from the to, to say what he wants to say. say, wants to say.
2: Yeah. 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 Thank you, Ungarable. Thank you, Uncle. And thank you, Momba as, well. um, as well. Um quite, quite an insightful cool conversation. We almost literally have the same um Um uh, being in the corporate uh, world and the being in a very high environment. And my dad has, a, my university. Dad has a university. So quite ironic, quite but... Ironic, but. Balancing the Balancing two things the two is quite demanding, right, manly, in, right? Terms yes. in terms of time because uh, are having two uh, objectives at the same objective. time. If you have to do time, 12, 14 12, 14 hours of your corporate job and then you have to help out with the family business and, and then you're also business, about you're sort of thinking about sort of going into your own ventures, right? My question is like, how you talked about discipline quite a lot. Do you have like a systemized way in which you apportion your time I'm or your time, like say or if you like do 10, you 10 hours in a day, you in day to you two, two, business, do you dedicate to and two and to helping with the family business and do you dedicate another two to your side
1: hustle? How
2: exactly does that work? Because exactly it's something that's struggling with
1: Okay. Thanks, Brian. And you should uh, 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 inbox me. We have a conversation further around this, but, but typically, like I said, I'm, I work my life at a personal level and at a business level with uh, a lot of structure. So for me, I think what works for me, like you're saying, we are in high pressure jobs. So I've got, you know, obligations that I have to deliver from 8 to 5. Uh, What I do after 5 p.m. is up to me in terms of how I apportion that, uh, you know, eight hours between, uh, you know, 5 p.m. and uh, 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 midnight or 1 a.m. So really, it's about a conscious decision. How can you make a conscious decision about how you divide your time? When do you invest uh, uh, you know, time dealing with the, the side hustle or the family business, vis-a-vis time with the family and the like? So it's about striking a balance and staying true to it. I know it's not easy. There will be deviations from time to time. It's never a straight line. There'll be times where you will not necessarily be able to you know, finish work at 5 PM. You have to put in the hours after hours. Um, I guess it's really about uh, discipline and, uh, and making the time for what matters most. So the, the, there's a book, I forget who the author is, but the, 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 the title was around make time for what is important. So when you inbox me, I can uh, you know just go to my bookshelf, I'll send you the title, and I think it has helped quite a bit in terms of me becoming very particular about the way I manage my time and schedule my various activities. Of uh, balancing life and career. Yeah.
3: Okay,
0: one more question. Ochen one, Andrew Chen Andrew, Ochen
5: Ochen. Andrew.
3: Ah, thank you, Robert. Uh, thank you, Robert. Uh, thank you, Mumba. Uh, my, my, thank question, you. Uh, my my question zero. uh my question is How do you stay humble? How, how do you stay humble?
2: When
3: when uh, the person reporting to you uh, has a side hustle and from from the way you observe the side hustle is really doing so well. Uh, So so how do you stay humble when you're dealing uh, with such a kind of uh, person? uh, person.
1: Sorry, Andrew, before you go off, so who's staying humble here? The person that, uh, is it me or the person that is making more money and uh, is reporting to me?
3: I think the 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 person who they are reporting to. The, the person who they
1: are reporting to. The person sorry Robert, did you get that better? Or is there... yes.
0: yes. Basically, what, yes. He's so, saying, basically what he's saying I think more I think it means self control. How can mm-hmm. me, how can a supervisor be, restrain be, myself, myself from, from malicing someone who someone has who a has side hustle that he's doing well. is the, doing well and I it's basically, ah, I, think,
1: it's basically, basically I think, Yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, what okay, I mean. okay. No, those are personal issues and not necessarily professional. I see. Yeah, so... so <laughs> Yeah, so, so so for me, you but, know, but, I, I, I always but, 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 but just wait a minute. just wait a minute.
0: I think I, I you you've, you've hit an you've important point. point. Can you help Can us you distinguish what you, what you mean by the personal, the personal and, the and the professional? Because, because that line that you line find in corporate world, find world, sometimes world sometimes is crossed. Crossed. People, yeah. personalize, people personalize
1: professional relationships. relationships and you know, and, and know. great stuff. So, so um, Robert and I think Tony will be familiar with this discussion because uh, when I spoke to the CEO apprenticeship program, I focused on, uh, you know, emotional intelligence. And uh, the, the, the precursor to um, emotional intelligence is uh, around self-awareness, you knowing yourself as an individual and knowing yeah. what drives you and, uh, you know, what, what, what just makes you tick and the impact that you have on the individuals around you. So, 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 to, to, to me, uh, what, what is always key when we are in these roles of leadership, and, 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 and it goes back to the question that you asked me at the beginning of our discussion, Robert. You asked yeah. me a question. Yeah. You said, who is Mumba? You understand? By uh, default, uh, th- these fellows in corporate roles, they'll start by the, the title. I'm the chief uh, human resource officer, blah, 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 blah. But that's not <laughs> you are. That, that is the role that you do. That's yes. the starting yes. point. Yeah, so, so, so for me, the guidance I always give to senior leaders and people in positions of influence is that be, humility is about understanding what you do, distinguishing between the role that you do and Mumba the person. Outside that role that uh, Mumba does as chief human resource officer and, and the like, who is he as a person and who is he going to be the moment he is not in that role? So for me, it is about being human. It's about being professional, and acknowledging that there is a distinction between the raw and yourself. And ideally, as leaders, we should never get to ourselves to a level where we begin to compare with you know junior employees. I would take that as a, you know a personality flaw, a person who has a complex and has not uh, does not have self belief. They have an inferiority complex. So. Those are personal issues that an individual needs to deal with such that they work on themselves, have a conversation with themselves to say, really, should I be doing this? Why should I be upset that Kamugisha is making money? For so long as he's delivering on his mandate and his uh, business is not conflicting with that of uh, the institution he works for. Ah, it's none of my business how much he works, it's his money. So it's just about being human about it and being professional about it and uh, avoiding belittling yourself or, you know, getting to a level where you exhibit, you know, petty jealousies against the individual. So it's all about self-awareness and how you, uh, you know, self-introspect and respond to the people uh, around you. Mumba, I've, got, Mumba, I've I got, I think I can accommodate one can more
0: accommodate question, one from, question from um, from, um, from a lady, from an Harry
1: apollo Go ahead, Mary.
0: Mary, do you want to speak? Do you want to speak? Yeah, we probably have lost her. Anyway. So, Mumba, I have. I I I just want to take a completely different perspective. Different perspective. And ask you this. And ask you this. Yeah. Family, family. you know, you, you know you've you hustled, you've, you've, you've built a you've corporate built a career, you've reached, reached the top. How, how, much, how much sacrifice, sacrifice and, and of course you've moved countries, and of you've moved how, countries. Much you know, how much has sacrifice family has your family had to make, had to, make to accommodate this, to accommodate journey, this of journey of yours?
1: Wow, that, that's a deep one, and and you ask it, and my wife just walks into the office that I'm having the conversation <laughs> from. <right>? So. <laughs> so,
5: so, so okay. Robert, no, tell, um, I mean, okay. tell the
1: truth. No, I mean uh, that that's uh, by default. I think she's used to me. After almost twenty <laughs> odd years, she knows I don't you know it about the bush. I, I say it as it is. Look, a very important question, Robert. Eh? A very co- important question, and um, um, I think as as I look at my journey, um, some of the decisions we've had to make. Uh, I think it's it's also taking taken having a strong uh, partner besides uh, besides me, one that has mm-hmm. been willing to mm-hmm. make personal sacrifices uh, for the overall good of the family, and obviously that is my wife. I'm not just saying it because she walked into the room, but uh, that, that, that 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 is something that. Uh, you know is quite important to me so my wife has made a lot of personal sacrifices as we've relocated she's had to you know manage her businesses uh, remotely back home and you know that that model is working for us and just having a support system by you a sounding board somebody who you can speak to and say look today uh, you, 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 you know, Andrew, uh, you know, almost drove me over the top. This is what I, I think. And, and then she'll calm you down and bring you back on track. She'll check and challenge me. And uh, I, I think for me, I'm grateful to God for, for that. I have a very strong uh, partner who's a very strong, uh, she's a pillar of strength and support in everything that I do. Um, my children as well, I think they, they've been very supportive. I think they, they give me energy to carry on every day um i know it was disrupting to the the younger one but i mean hey the, the chap is 11 years old so he's more flexible than I anyone else but hope hope the older, older ones, yeah you needed to you know change uh, secondary schools and things like that but we are fortunate that right now the top three are all you know living independently of us and uh, are in boarding schools and university away and visit us whenever they're on break so family if I were to put things on in terms of order inf- of importance in my life, God first, family second, work third.
0: How do you, How do you, apportion, you the apportion the
1: time? You have to be deliberate, uh, Robert. You have to be deliberate. Yeah. Uh, like I said, um, when something is important to you, you need to invest time in it. Am I perfect? Do mm. I, do I skip to, mm. stick to the script? No, I don't. Uh, sometimes it takes yeah. uh, a few slaps or a few reminders from uh, the, 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 her who bought the, <laughs> the the iron rod to say, "Hey, chief, I, I still the she listen. who must be obeyed." Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you know the you know the the, 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 the intricacies that go with that. So to the extent that uh, you know, I I try to remain that disciplined, but of course, it doesn't always work out. But like I said, when you've been together for a while, you develop a rhythm. And you are able to be open and honest uh, to each other about your feelings and uh, you know what is uh, you know bothering you at any given point in time. So we try to keep each other honest on a daily basis. Mumba, Mumba,
0: Robert. First of all, first of all from us here us on here. 40, day forty day mentor, please, please greet Madame for us. Madame for us. I will. And, <laughs> and secondly, secondly, I I would like, I would to, like, thank like to thank so you much so much for, thinking, for that thinking that this small platform, this of, ours small worth platform your time of ours is worth your time and coming through and coming to, through to really, benefit really benefit Ugandans. You know, if yeah. I had you had, you had someone like, someone you, talk like me, you talk to me. 20, 30 years years ago, I would be a a multi-billionaire. So thank you very
1: much for doing this. this. Robert, thank you very much for for having me. I'm humbled at your your kind sentiments, and uh, I owe it all to to my team for uh, identifying this platform. Uh, I I think special mention to our head of marketing, uh, Helen, who was quite instrumental with her team and uh, the rest of my ex colleagues who have been supportive on the journey. So truly humbled and uh, it was a great pleasure uh, you know, participating on your forum. I've thoroughly enjoyed the discussion. Uh, Helen had insisted to me that uh, ideally I should enjoy myself. I said, no, I intend to. And Robert and Tony, you have made the session very enjoyable. I am hoping that um, you know, th- there's been a little that uh, you know, people can pick up from my experience. I do not boast myself as having, you know, the monopoly of knowledge, but I took it as a platform where one shares their life experiences that people have an, uh, you know, opportunity to either learn from or, 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 or devise different approaches to how they can uh, be more successful on their side hustles and their corporate careers. So thank you very much, uh, Robert, and I'm truly humbled myself for the opportunity.
0: Wow! Um, and one more request, one to, you. request to you. Um, and, and to the guys, to the guys who, are listening, who are listening, please go out and buy please my coffee. Buy it's my now coffee. on Jumia. Oh, <laughs> Robert,
4: congratulations for that, by the way. That was Robert, a very, very big thing. And by the way, by the way another, another amazing, way. Uh, another uh, amazing uh, story to talk uh, about today. Uh, uh, including your coffee is one of your great contributors to your to your coffee story story. ramadan Gobi Mm -hmm. is now the permanent secretary at the ministry of of finance does not make him feel good he was actually on these spaces but i guess when the news came in he just disappeared who ramadan Gobi. ramadan
0: Gobi. what has happened what has happened
4: Big man is now the PS of <laughs> the Ministry of so the really Finance. So really amazing to find so that one really of the guys who's really part of our mentorship program is in the mix.
1: <laughs>
5: Lovely. Congratulations, <laughs> to and, and Robert, congratulations. Congratulations, congratulations to you. And Robert,
1: congratulations to you. Uh, I will be looking out for the coffee uh, to, to, to sample it. I, I think you'd imagine that I'm a coffee fan given the stresses I live with on a daily basis. 100%, you 100%. should actually, you should buy, the actually buy the beans because, because then you can keep, grinding, you can keep and grinding, grinding
0: and grinding. Excellent. And then to let you and also know that tomorrow, tomorrow, Friday, is when Friday I do the mentoring. I have, I, I, have I, mentoring. I have a live at session at 7, 7 p.m. It will be on YouTube. It will be, it will be, on, Spaces. It will be on Spaces. Spaces. It, will be on so, it will be on Zoom. The poster Zoom. is out. The poster and, I'll is out. About and I'll be talking about how to get ahead. What do you need to do in order to get ahead? Guys,
1: thank you, so thank you very we'll much. Have a good night. Good thank tour. you very much. Have a good night. Thank
0: you
4: very much.
1: Have a good night. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, colleagues who are on the line.